Jan Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jan Price Show, all about movies. You're listening to The Jan Price Show, and today my guest is writer-director Joan Carr Wigan, and we're talking about a brand new movie, Getting to Know You. Welcome to the show, Joan. Well, thank you so much for having me on. It's lovely to have an opportunity to talk about the movie. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, you are so welcome. And I absolutely loved this movie. I just loved it. It was one that, uh, and I've said this before, but when you watch a movie and then you continue to think about it after the movie, that that to me is a sign of a very good movie, rather than just going and going, oh, okay, that was okay, and you you move on. But this is one of those (laughs) movies where I really thought about it a lot afterwards, So, and I just loved it. So um, just so our audience knows, uh, can you give us uh, a synopsis of what Getting to Know You is about? Um, it's set, it's set in a small town, actually in Canada, in Northern Ontario, and a man and a woman who are in their 40s both just happen to be staying at the same hotel in this little place. And, uh, Luke has come back for his high school reunion because he convinced himself that he was still madly in love with his high school girlfriend. But he just found out that she's married with two children and that's not going to work out. So he's kind of depressed and a little drunk. And meanwhile, Abby, the other hotel guest, she's a married woman with two children who's just come in town. She's a little depressed for her brother's funeral. And they both are in this hotel that really isn't functioning. Like they're standing at the front desk and they can hear the staff having sex behind the door. They can't get anything to eat. The chef quits and storms out. So they just start bonding together, talking about the hotel and then gradually sharing their story. And then Luke's ex-girlfriend, Kayla, who is quite a character, shows yes. up very, very drunk and determined to have sex with him. So Luke is like, he's not a homewrecker and he's not going to take advantage of a, of a drunk woman. So just to kind of discourage her in a kind way, he asked Abby if she will pretend to be his wife just for a few minutes. But it doesn't work out. It's just a few minutes. It, it all gets kind of more complicated from there. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> yes, it does. I I just loved it. And, and one of the reason I well, there's so many reasons I loved it. it. I mean, you also you wrote it and you also directed it. Um, it's just so well done. And I have I have to say this before I move too much forward. I loved the music. The that just that little tinkling of the piano was just so perfect for this story. That is our composer Ken Harrison. It's a it's a bizarre way that I got in touch with him. He's actually a psychiatrist. He's a a very wow. successful Canadian psychiatrist. Um, and he has a, a band with his wife on the side, Wild Strawberries, who did the end credit song. And he has another little okay. band music he does just with friends called Boy Wonder Bread. And I found one of their songs a few years ago on the internet. I thought, I love this band. So I tried to get in touch with him. And he has a logo of a like kind of a, a, a young man with a skateboard. So I became absolutely convinced on that basis that it was a bunch of teenage, skateboarding teenage boys uh, who did this music. <laughs> but no, it's not. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's this, as I said, this leading psychiatrist, a wonderful man. And he does so much beautiful music. So he's been a huge addition to our music. He's, he's a movie. He's just so talented. Oh, and it, it and it's just it's just perfect. It just it's just it's just perfect with it. Okay, so one of the reasons I just have to say this. One of the reasons I really love this movie because it's really um, I have a similar story. Oh, so, really? Yes. <laughs> I can't go well, tell me more. <laughs> yeah. You can write a movie about it. <laughs> uh, it kind of not exactly the same, but same. Such, 
kind of situation where I met somebody over a weekend. Immediately, this person said he was a happily married man. And but there was this connection, you know, just like your two characters, there was this connection and there was this love bond that developed. Nothing ever, you know, went any further than that. But it was just that, you know, unrequited love when you meet that person and you go, there's you know, you know, there could be something more there, but because of circumstances, you're not going to go anymore with it. And, um, and it's that sadness that you feel, you know, around that, but yet also the joy that you have experienced. I, I appreciate kind of that you see it. I appreciate that you see it like that because people just refer to it as a rom-com and I love rom-coms. I mean, most of my favorite movies are rom-coms, but the phrase can be used a, a little dismissively. And I think with not, without enough respect for the movies, you know, that, that get that, that title. Um, and I really see often they do. And I really tried in this one to, to really present a moral question of, you know, a relatable question of, well, what would you do in this situation? You know, you're in a long-term relation with someone and it's, it's fine, you know, and then, but it's not wonderful. And you meet someone briefly and is this your soulmate? I mean, how much do you risk for that? Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think mm-hmm. that's an interesting thing for us to ask ourselves. It, it it is, and it was. It was just like when this person I met. It was instantaneous, like there was, as he said, like a bolt of lightning, you know, and that he felt. But then he immediately just said, "I just want you to know, I'm a happily married man," you know. So there was like, yeah. you know, yeah. okay, good. We both experienced this you know, reaction. So we just knew we had been connected in past lives. So, you know, we both obviously believed in that, I suppose, because we both felt that way. But it was, you know, and again, magical and you spend that time together and then that's it. You just move, you move on. I mean, we've kept our friendship and everything through the years. And he lives on opposite sides of the world. And he was English on top of it all. Oh, really? Okay. (laughs) Yes, he was English. I feel like I read your mind. (laughs) I think so, too. When I watched this movie, I went, really? (laughs) Well, well, come on, tell me, was he as good-looking as Rupert Penry Jones or not? Oh, he is. A, oh, my God, he's handsome. Yes, this man was handsome, too. Okay. <laughs> but it, in a totally different way. And I've seen way. your picture, so I know you're lovely. So. <laughs> Thank you. Mutual admiration society. Well, this movie to me is an adult movie. I mean, this is a movie for adults. It's not a, you know, and that's, I, I agree with you. Rom-coms can get, you know, a bad reputation but by using that title because some of them are just so stupid, um, yes. unfortunately. But this movie is mature and intelligent and just beautifully acted. I loved uh, the casting of this. I mean, let's talk a little bit about Natasha Little and uh, Rupert Penry Jones. Um, I thought that they their chemistry was just right on, you know, uh, in yeah. this film. So, because you've, you've worked with Natasha before, is that correct? Yes. Yeah, I had seen Natasha way back, a long, long time ago in Vanity Fair, playing Becky Sharp. And then um, really kind of forgot about her because uh, she hasn't, I strongly believe, has not had the career she deserved. And uh, then she was in Night Manager um, a few years back, the Le Carre piece. And my daughter said, why, why are you not working with this actress? She's amazing. So, yes, yeah, it's the second movie we've done with her. And, oh, she's a delight to work with and so talented. She's just wonderful. Yeah, she, she's just, again, there is a light and an energy around her that just emanates, um, off the screen, I felt. And I just, I, you know, there's, even when she's in the other scene with, um, was it Rachel? Rachel, um. Yeah, Rachel Blanchard. Blanchard, yes, uh, who plays Kayla. Uh, 
it was it you know, was beautiful in her own right, but there was yes. something illuminating around Natasha. I felt yes. Natasha actually yeah. came to me and said, "I don't think anyone's going to think he should fall for me." And I went, "Don't you worry, Natasha. Don't you worry about that one at all." Yeah. No, not at all. No, you could definitely see it. So talk about Rupert because he's really adorable. He is. He's just wonderful. We had seen him in that British show MI5. Um, you know, a few years back, and you know, he really he really stood out. I have to say though I did not know he had the fan club that he has like we cast him because he's a wonderful actor and perfect for the role and everything but oh my god his fans love him and and obviously they should but they're very enthusiastic and they've been so supportive of the film it's really really nice so uh yeah we knew his agent and uh he he came on board he he and Natasha didn't even know each other at all I don't think they'd even met before and uh yeah they're and they're both very happily married to other people um but they managed to fake the magic which is what you need because you direct people you know you can give them you know you're you've been an actress you know what directors do you give tips you give guidance you know you kind of shape a performance a little but you can't tell them create magic that's something the actors have to do themselves exactly exactly and it probably was good that they had not met before because that's part of the the way that the story develops too so um yeah and that's what actors and actresses do i mean that's the whole thing it's the magic the magic of movies yeah yeah which it makes it good so where so okay so i shared my story (laughs) where where did this story come from how did you create well i it's fiction for me um i had read a trip advisor review where um, people were checking. It was a hotel I was actually thinking about staying in, in Toronto. And I read that, because we were living in Montreal then, and they had, uh, they said that was what happened. They were there to check in. The door was closed. Nobody came. And they could hear the staff having sex at a door behind the front desk. <laughs> I thought, well, that that's a good start to a movie. So it yes, kind of went from there. You know, and I find the, the basic concept that, you know, that you can almost sometimes forget you have a family, you know. Um, I thought that was interesting to have that kind of mm-hmm. interplay of that. That and, and as I said, I like I like a moral dilemma. I like the sense of, well, to say to people, well, what, what would you do in this situation? Exactly. Exactly. And, I'm, and I know um, it was hard for both of them. I mean, that's what comes through, too, you know, with, with decisions, where to go with this, how to go with it. And and yet not wanting to um, let go of what they had experienced, but knowing that that, you know, I mean, I think that was also, I mean, I loved all of it and, you know, you kind of go, okay, is that the last time they're going to see each other and, you know, and, and back and forth with that. So at least, and also let you think about it, you know, again, go what I said earlier about a film that you think about afterwards, you know, and, and contemplate. And it's a, and it's one of those movies to have a good discussion with someone, you know, about what would you do in that situation exactly. So I just, I did, I thought it was very well done. Now you, so um, you, you have an, your career is rather interesting. You kind of came to this late in life. You had, you were a, 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 a statistical and economic. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was my background. I majored in math and economics. I, you know, I always wanted to be a writer. I always loved movies, but you know, life just took me in that different path. And then uh, when my daughter was little, um, you know, I stayed home with her for a while. And then uh, she went uh, when she started kindergarten. She really didn't like school, so we started homeschooling her and. And then um, this just kind of came out of that. My husband's the kind of guy who makes things happen. Like, he's very proactive. And I'm the kind to go to the library. He's the one to make things make things work out. So we 
somehow ended up in the film business and uh, really came out of wanting more time to spend with, with her. Now, she's moved on. She's a constitutional lawyer. We're lucky if we see her at all now. So it's not like <laughs> we're still doing it to be with her. Um, yeah, so, but I, I had loved movies. And actually, when I, was, when I was young, when I was in my early 20s, I applied to a film program to study at, uh, well, you know Toronto, York University in Toronto mm-hmm. had an early film program. And I was accepted, but I just wanted to watch films and write about them. And um, they said, oh, but you will have to be on, make a small film. Like, you'll actually have to go out and film a short film. And I remember walking out of that and thinking, well, that's not me. I'm, I would never do that. I would never be on a, a set and around cameras and things like that. That's not me. So I actually switched back over to economics. And now I'm, I'm so at home on a, on a film set. But I think that's partly being female. You know, like we weren't really, I'm older. So I think I'm old. So, um, you know, I think we just weren't really raised my generation to see ourselves doing jobs like that. So I just couldn't imagine myself doing that. And here I am. And here you are. So your husband is your producing partner, correct? Yeah. Pro- yeah. He's the producer. Yeah. So what did he do prior to you both? He did a lot of things. He was a journalist, a rock musician, um, a lobbyist. Oh, wow. um, he's the kind of guy who try, who's, who's always game to try something new. That's not me. I'm much more, as I said, let's go to the library. So, um, <laughs> But he's the adventurous one. So here we are having an adventurous life. Oh, and, I love, so and I love it. So yeah, yeah. What a great team! You know that yin and yang. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Perfect. And he's he's so supportive. It's just it's just it, that's which is a real help because I do think a lot of women were raised that you know there were a lot of things we couldn't do. We couldn't be the boss, you know. And now I'm on set, you know, telling forty people, fifty people what to do. It's um, it's it's hard to believe in my own head sometimes. And, and I'm always telling the young women, well, and I was telling young women on set, like, you can be a director. You don't, you know, don't, don't think you can't direct because there's still, it's still hard for women to see themselves doing these kinds of jobs. Interesting. Well, you know, I, well, now that we've had the, you know, the, I hate to keep tagging things like the, the Me Too movement. And there's, and <laughs> since then, in the last three years, um, you know, Hollywood has, realize it needs to be more diverse and is opening up its doors more to women directors and producers and well writers we've always been able to do but you know yeah. directing more um and more and more we're seeing more and more of that because we need to have that voice that female voice yeah. out there in the world you know it's really important to have that um and you've done other i mean so you decided to go do this but you know moving breaking into the movie industry is a very difficult uh endeavor uh, uh, and and since yes. you were getting in, getting involved in this later in life, I, I did the same thing. I went to acting school later in life too. It wasn't that I did it early in life, so the uh, same kind of thing. Okay. But um, what made you? How did you end up breaking into this? Because it's difficult, even though you're Toronto is a hub and has been its own film film world for many 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 years. Um, how did you? get into well, this it, it was it was bumpy for the start <laughs> i have to say there were bumpy bits but um my husband knew someone who um had a the a multicultural t- tv station in toronto and uh the gentleman there said well maybe your wife i had a novel published like just like I, I wrote a thriller just you know to make a little extra money when our daughter was little and uh and he said maybe your wife could do some writing and i and i said i said to my husband well i what i like is 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 movies you know, a whole movie, maybe I'll try to write movies. So, you know, 
know, I, I wrote a couple of screenplays and because my daughter was little then, our daughter, then my husband took them around and, and people said, oh, you were born to be a movie producer. And what I always say is like, we didn't know that was an insult then. We thought it was a compliment. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> why, why is that an insult? <laughs> well, you know, people don't have the highest view of, 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 of movie producers. But um, anyway, yes, uh, he's, I think it's just, he's, he's very comfortable. As I said, he's very comfortable going around out there in the world. So that, so it, it worked out. It worked out well. But at that time, I didn't imagine directing. Like we, we did a, we produced a movie that I wrote and we had another director and I just, you know, there's just the point you look at it though and think, well, yeah, maybe I can do that job. You know, I think, I think more and more women think that now as, as we do look out. I, I think it's absolutely fabulous. I, I love, I love that, that you were in a completely, you know, more left brain world that you worked in and then turned around and be, you know, working more in the right brain, but utilizing the skill set, I'm sure that you learned in your other career. Yes, I never forget the budget. I have that. I have that ability. <laughs> Some directors can forget it, but not me. No, I always remember the bottom line. Yeah, and that's good. That's really good. So you worked with Oscar winner Marsha Gay Harden. What film was that? That you that was called If I Were You. And Marsha does not guess if it because it was a small movie, um, but it's still still very popular on on Amazon Prime. Um, Marsha actually was, I, I believe, the first time a woman ever played scenes from Lear as Lear on film. She plays the highlights of Lear and she plays a woman who is um, cast as as Lear in a in a in a tiny amateur production with her husband's mistress playing the fool and uh, Marsha was amazing amazing in that film and and wonderful to work with. No, she's an amazing actress. She really is, and and I, I love watching her. You've worked with some interesting women. So mostly you, the you know your the films you do are centered around women's themes. So let's talk a little bit about that. What's your writing process? How how do you begin? Uh, to create, like you, you were talking about this trip advisor and then, you know, hearing about <laughs> the opening scene from your film. Uh, and that triggered you to go forward. Is, so what is your process? You know, it's, it's pretty haphazard. I think I've even dreamt the start to a couple of them. So I'm, I'm just pretty open to anything. Um, on what we did with Juliet Stevenson, we had lunch with some old friends and who were sort of started flirting, even though the other guy had his new girlfriend there. And so I was like, Oh, I can get a screen. So I'll get a screenplay out of anything. But, um, um, I am really, really committed to doing movies that star women over 40 for two reasons, because there are so many wonderful, wonderful actresses in that age group, just amazing, mm-hmm. who have not had the roles they deserve. Like they should have starred in countless movies and they have yes. because there just haven't been enough. There just ha- aren't enough movies, you know, since honestly, like the 40s or something when at least they had more movies with women. But, you know, it's, mm-hmm. so I really want to give them a, a fair shake and also an opportunity and also so, you know, they're 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 thrilled to do it. They they like the fact that they get to play the lead, they're number one on the call sheet, and they des- which they deserve to be. And I just also like to tell stories about women who are forty because I get so upset about how few movies there are with that. And so often when you watch them, even when they have you know, the the women are presented as just lonely and rejected and end up so often alone in those movies. And, you know, we're watching movies like Juliette Pinoche and Julianne Moore and Annette Benning and they're like alone at the end and I think, Oh my God, if 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 those babes can't get happiness, the rest of us don't have a chance, you know? So 
flubby men triumphing all the time, you know, with, with women. Like, I don't know if you watch Mank. I, I really enjoy I Mank just very much. I watched it. Yes, I but just watched the, it. I loved do, it. But do the women have to be that much younger? You know, like, um, you know, like, really, I, I thought that was like that Tuppence Middleton, a wonderful actress, is playing his wife. And I don't I forget how old. she's about 30. You know, it, there's a disconnect there that bothers me a great deal. So in our own small way, we're trying to correct it a little tiny bit and show that women don't have to be, you know, sad and unlovable. Well, I wondered, though, if that was what it was true to life, that, that the, the age of Manx's wife was much younger. And obviously, Marion Davies was much younger than um, William no, Randolph Mary, Hearst. Was yes, she? but, she was, but yeah. she was the same age as Manx. Marion Davies was oh. the same age as Herman Mankiewicz. Okay. I did not realize that they were the same age. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. They're touting a lot of Oscar talk about that film. Um, I, I really liked it. it filmed. I did too. The sound was interesting. Now we're moving off to a different topic here. But the sound, I guess. Yes, yeah, don't watch Mank. Watch our movie. What are we doing? Yeah, really. <laughs> no, but, but it, the way they did the sound was like an old time movie, and I was like, it's sometimes hard to hear it. Um, yeah, but, but, no, yeah, interesting that's true. Film. I love. Well, I love old films, and you're right. Strong. And I said this uh, recently in another um, interview with a friend who wrote a, a book. Uh, a, He's written the, the essentials for Turner Classic Movies, and I love Turner Classic Movies, and I've had all oh, the yeah. hosts on, on from Turner Classic Movies. I've all been on my show, some of them multiple times, you know, Ben Mankiewicz and um, Alicia Malone and, you know, the, all, the whole crew. And, um, and we were talking about, small, uh, you know, strong women roles. And back in the 30s and 40s, it was the woman who cared, most of the time carried the film. I mean, we yeah. had so many amazing actresses during that time period. And then the 50s came and it was like, what happened? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think there was a post-war thing of where they wanted to get women back in the home. They wanted to get Mm -hmm. women being passive again after women had shown during the Second World War that, you know, they could do all kinds of jobs. And I think there was an actual government program to get people, to get women back, you know, in their, in their little place in the home. And it's, uh, and I think that spread to Hollywood. And it's such a shame because, yeah, you have to go back to, I mean, you know, Barbara Stanwyck, Betty Davis. I mean, they just played amazing roles. Catherine Hepburn. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, Olivia de Havilland, you know, all of them. Yeah. I mean, just Joan Fontaine, just, a, you know, just amazing, strong women characters and, you know, character driven around women. And um, and that's why I think we create, that's why I go back and, and I like going to watch Turner classic movies and the old classics because it's just, uh, you know, like Irene Dunn. Um, you know, yes. It, oh, I love it, her. It takes Myrna a, Me too. Oh, Myrtle, I love her too. Yeah. And, and it just takes you back to another uh, time that we don't have today. And, and I think that's obviously changing. That's why Wonder Woman has been so successful. But we yes, all gravitated yes. to Wonder Woman. You know, it was like, yes, it's time. Yeah. And the <laughs> yeah, Captain Marvel cool. one with Brie Larson, where she's, you know, yes. so strong in that. Yeah. My daughter and, and her stepsons, they watch those movies. And she says, it's just wonderful to sit there with little boys, you know, seeing women in those strong roles. That's, that's great. But that's didn't happen for a long time. Well, this movie, Getting to Know You, I highly recommend to everyone. I really do. It's just a lovely story. It's a love story. It's, you know, again, you know, it gets you thinking and um, and, and the, the leads are just 
it's wonderful in this film. It's well-written, well-directed. It's for mature adults. Where can people see this movie, Joan? It's out from Gravitas Ventures, and it's out digitally everywhere. It's on iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, all of that. So people shouldn't have any trouble finding it at all. Well, I highly recommend everybody find it. When you're looking for something to watch during the Christmas season with your family, I recommend getting to know you. Thank you so much for being on the show. It was such a pleasure talking with you today, Joan. Oh, and thank you for having me. Much, much appreciated. Take care. You're very welcome. You too have a wonderful rest of the day. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You can listen to The Jam Price Show whenever and wherever uh, by going to thejampriceshow.com where all the shows are archived, but wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, the iHeart Podcast Network, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, YouTube, Everywhere. You can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Jam Price Show and on Facebook, The Jam Price Show. Thank you for listening. Jam Price talks to the movers and shakers in the film business. The Jam Price Show, all about movies. 